In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Welcome to GirlfriendIt, a great place to connect and girlfriendify your life. We're Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Okay, what is your storyline? You know, the one line that could summarize your life to this point. And we're talking about our lives, and, and so many times our lives can be put into books, and we, see, we hear so many people that they do put their lives to books, but can your story be rewritten? And as we keep living life, can we change the course and change the outcome of our story? And if we can, what, what will it take to do that? Well, today we are so privileged to be talking with two dynamic authors who, um, who share their stories in very different venues. One um, of the authors we're going to be talking with shares through creative um, and beautifully illustrated books, and the other through a more sophisticated venue like writing for USA Today News Paper, among others. But both are very highly effective at their communication. And, of course, we love a good story. We love sharing good stories. Um, Lise, tell us some stories from this. I'm sure you have a good one from this past week, Patty. (laughs) Well, of course, I have a (laughs) huge... Because it was your birthday. It was your birthday... Which means for you, actually, a birthday month, not to, not a birthday, but birth month for you. Absolutely. I have to celebrate every single day. And I laugh, of course, at the gifts that you gave me. You took me out to lunch. and you, you gave me. To, you're going to reveal my gifts online? <laughs> <laughs> you give me soap. I did give you soap, but there is a story behind that because everything has a story. Because we were traveling one day, and I heard you on the phone talking to your little munchkin, and she had just gotten home from school, and you were telling her to go make sure she go washes her But you said, now go wash your hands right now with soap. Go wash them with soap. And I'm just hearing that from my lens, like, okay, did you have to keep saying with soap, with soap? It was really such a big deal, the soap thing. So I had to get you some soap. And I'm not even a clean speak. I, I don't, I'm not like compulsive like that. It's just funny that I always do say. I know, it so didn't fit you. That's why it was so funny because it's like, where is that coming from? But anyway. And you also gave me my sex cup, which is just, everything we do always has to have a story behind it. That's what makes it so funny. I know. Well, you know those, those insulated Starbucks cups that, that has the straw? And being in Arizona, they, I don't know why, they only put out like three for the whole population every two or three months. And um, I had gotten one for Christmas, and I just, like, I covered that, that cup and making my iced coffee, and you always are, like, lusting over my Starbucks coffee cup. And so one day, my daughter-in-law happened to find them at a place, and she, 
um, he came back and told me about it. He said, I don't know if you're still looking for a cup because I wanted the venti size, just the big size, you know. And so by the time I got there, they were all gone. And I found a friend who found one. It was really hard to find that cup is what I'm trying to tell you the story of it is because it was the venti size, which is really hard to find. And I think I found the last one in the Phoenix area, and I got it for you, and I couldn't wait. And then I heard that they're not producing them anymore out in our area for some reason. But anyway, I thought that covered is tough, and I was so excited because I, I know what that meant. <laughs> well, I loved it. And that, it's all about what makes a good story. There's mystery, intrigue, passion, memories. And I know for, for my family, which I'm sure for so many families, it's also a tradition. And I know every year in my family, very large family, six brothers and sisters, and then they all have a couple kids, we get together at um, a resort for 4th of July, and if we did not do that, our family would be devastated because you just have to have that tradition of, of getting together. And that builds your character. It builds who you are. And I, and I think some, so many times we get away from having those traditions because we don't find them important. Exactly. And, and it's like when, you're, when you start making memories together, then life really is just about the past. That they have to keep current and keep creating those memories and building on tradition, which is so important to keep doing. Um, there's a saying that you can't judge a book by its cover, but yet I think we feel judged by our own appearances so many times. We judge ourselves before we allow other people to judge us. And I know, Patty, you just um, met with some of your high school friends for lunch, and what was so funny is you had just come from working out at the gym, well, well, what happened, which is funny because you can't judge a book by its cover, <laughs> is that um, my I messed up, and I was supposed to be somewhere at 11 o'clock, and I get a phone call saying, hey, we're running a little bit late. Um, we'll see you in just a little bit. And I panicked because I did. I just finished working out, and I realized I had the wrong day down, and I was supposed to be at this little um, coffee shop. So it was that moment of I can either go home, get dressed, put your makeup on, and look presentable, or I can go like this, and it's all about relationships and who really cares what I I look like. But the problem with that (laughs) is that (laughs) these were my two college friends, and I thought, oh, it's okay if they see me, you know, looking this way. But I had back-to-back scheduled, and I had scheduled one, um, another appointment with a junior high and high school girlfriend that I hadn't seen forever. So there was that dilemma of I, I can't go home in between. I was, you know, meeting at the same place. So I did. I blew off changing and putting makeup on, and I went ahead and met them, had a little bit of makeup that I put on literally as we sat there in the restaurant because I was very rude, but I didn't want to miss out on a second of chatting well, with Well, when you work out, you don't do like a little mild workout either, do you? <laughs> it's like you have the full body sweat, hair sweat, so I, I, I can visualize, yeah. Yeah, it was like. not an attractive sight. <laughs> but um, what was funny is that that all sounded like a really good idea, right then when I was in the moment of, you know, not wanting to take time to get ready. But then as it got closer to the meeting with my girlfriend from junior high and high school, I had that panic feeling of, oh, my word, I cannot believe I look like this. And so we, we really do, as much as we think I don't care, they know who I am, it's not going to make a difference of what I, I look like, we, we really are concerned with that. And, of course, they were decked out you know, darling dresses, I am in my workout, which made it worse. 
But um, I think it was a good so lesson. One of us wasn't like the others, right? <laughs> <laughs> but maybe sometimes you can judge a book by its cover. <laughs> yeah, we are very meaning to that. Very aware of our, our, our parents. So all that makes for a good story, and it's all a part of that that storyline. But I, I want to go back to what you were saying, least um, of making a good story, having the mystery, the intrigue, the passion. And so many times in our in our own lives, when you ask the question about can you change the storyline, can you change the chapter in your own book, if we don't take the time to reflect and really look at where our story is going, I mean, just like an author that has to figure out an outline to the book, which is quite comical because as we're writing our book, we always think, oh, that's a novel thought to have an outline before we write. <laughs> but... Um, that might really help if we had an outline, huh? <laughs> <laughs> or at, at least stick by the outline. And so yeah, many times uh-huh. we do that in life. We might have a plan, but we're not sticking to the plan. And we can hear, you know, we can read great books and hear great speakers and, and have lunch with great people, and it chisels us and it might change our storyline. But if we're not reflecting and looking at it from a perspective of how can it change our storyline, then it, it really we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. So you really have to take the time. I know with you and I, we love interviewing people because we love interviewing remarkable people, and we take notes all over the place because we want it to change the chapter of our book and change our story and learn from them. We take quotes from them. We, you know, But then we do all that, and then we have to figure out, okay, how are we going to apply this? And, and you and I are always asking the question, not that, not that we're changing our story significantly, but hopefully we are. Well, and I think it's really easy as, as people to get stuck in life, and you, you get in those ruts in life, and you, and you tend to think, okay, this is the chapter, this is my life. And you, and you start going, okay, this chapter now defines my life. Instead of going, you know what, this is just a chapter of my, of my life, and a, a new chapter can be written and a new chapter can take a whole different direction. But it goes back to, like you said, I have to kind of reflect and I'm going to have to have a plan. I'm going to have to make some decisions to move forward. And I think so many times we don't want to, we don't, like you said, we don't take the time to stop and go, what's it going to take to rewrite my narrative here? Yeah. With that. There's a quote. There's a quote that says, moving up defies gravity. And you hear that and you go, all right. But yet when you really stop and think about that, exactly what you're saying, it's, it, it does defy gravity. Trying to better yourself and trying to move forward, you really do have to, um, it, it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to defy gravity. And it, if you're going to move up and become successful, then it really, you have to step out of your comfort zone. You really have to take the challenges every day that might, might not make you happy at the moment. Well, exactly, because I think our natural tendency is like gravity is to go down. And it's spiral down in some cases instead of really making a conscious effort to go, no, I'm not going to go down. I'm going to go up. And what's it going to take to go up? And who are the people I need in my story? What are, the, what are some of the characters I need who will help me move upwards and, and move out in my, in my own story and in my own life? And like even you sharing with your high school friends, um, it's, just, it's so nice to have people in our life who knew us when, that you can come looking like you did, and they go, they still accept me, and, and always be creating and adding people to your life who can help you in, and as you move forward in your journey and your life story. And I know today, 
we have a couple of exciting individuals that we are so excited to, to be talking to, and they both are each authors and writers, and they tell other people's story as well as, as sharing their own story. And coming up with us next is, is an individual. His name is Mark Moody, and um, the thing I like about his story is he combines coffee and a good book, which, you know, I'm all over a good cup of coffee that's checked out and, um, and a great sitting with a great book. Well, Mark is an author and an illustrator, and coming up next, he's going to be sharing his story with us. So stay tuned, grab a cup of coffee, and sit back and enjoy with us. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Togginap. Starting November 4th, Janet Hens is a college instructor, speaker, writer, wife, and mother of three young children. She also has her Master's of Arts in writing from Johns Hopkins University. Janet began her career working for a congressman on Capitol Hill, then moved over to lobbying when he retired. It was through these jobs that she learned about the power of grassroots initiatives, media relations, and public speaking. And then she honed these skills when she became a college instructor. Today, she artfully balances work with full-time motherhood. In the show, Critical Thinking in the Real World, Janet will discuss hot topics and the critical thinking necessary to assess them. Her passion for education impacts her daily life, and she'll share that in every show. Critical Thinking in the Real World with Janet Hens, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central, starting November 4th on toginet.com. The Mommy Mentor with Phyllis Palmetta is on Toginet, Tuesday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. The Mommy Mentor is all about family, daily life struggles, saving money, weight loss, cooking, organizing, relationships, and a touch of inspiration and motivation. Phyllis ensures through the Mommy Mentor that moms have a voice, a shoulder, a friend. Phyllis is an amazing woman who has the ability to weather the storm with her pearls on and keep right on going. And the Mommy Mentor was born of that spirit because at any given moment, you might find yourself in need of support from someone who has been there. And Phyllis has definitely been there. With her husband and three kids, the struggles they faced, that's what the Mommy Mentor is all about. One mommy showing support for another mommy. Whether you're a seasoned veteran mommy or a brand new mommy, the Mommy Mentor is here to offer you support, share stories, connect on a spiritual level, and make new friends. Check out themommymentor.com. And then don't miss the show, The Mommy Mentor with Phyllis Palmetta. Tuesday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Okay, today we are talking about what is your storyline, your own story, and uh, how does how do you write the chapters in your own life? Well, today we are talking with two dynamic, highly successful authors, 
And first of all, we're going to be talking with Mark Luter and Ludy. And in his own words, these are his own words. He says, "I'm just a bald guy from Colorado who loves life, his kids, his, and more than all, all else, his Lord." He is an author and illustrator of several books. A man who regularly amazes and inspires people everywhere, be it through his art, his writing, or his speaking. And Mark, we've got to meet you. And I got to tell you. I recently discovered uh, you, and you're just a new friend that we are so excited to be talking with today, because I was at a, a uh, retreat, and I, it was a group of, of women. We were sitting around the table, and this, this gal pulls out this book, and she says, I want to give this to you guys. You've got to see this. It's so unique. And it was called The Flower Man, and it's a book that you illustrated so innovatively and so visually. It's, I, we were all just mesmerized by the book, because all it is is just, story is captured, and it's about a man who goes in and transforms a community just by his presence, which so captured my attention, because Patty and I are all about telling people to do the remarkable. So I, we had to hear more about you, and then we discovered that you also own a coffee shop called Loodles, where people can come and hang. So I'm going to quit talking, and we want to hear about your story, and hear about Loodles, and hear just who you are, besides well, the bald guy. Well, thanks, Patty and Lisa. <laughs> I know, Lisa, you were just talking right there. I I um no I'm I'm honored to be with you guys and I I really want to let my hair down with you uh but uh, sadly I don't know if I can participate in that uh, <laughs> but I uh, yeah I um no I'm I'm yeah we uh, we have a little too much fun in our little life here we uh we uh, have the opportunity of doing what I used to get in trouble in school for and that's doodling and uh, carry on that obsession of mine and and marrying that with my other love and that is um not just coffee, but the uh, the coffee shop experience, where a whole community mm-hmm. can gather, and uh, it's a crossroads of many people. And so we we have a little, uh, we have a lot of fun, a lot of fun here. Yeah. I love that. So, how did you decide? Well, your book, first of all, the illustration, and I'm always um, intrigued. Patty and I, we, we we devour books, we love books, and just how people come up with the thoughts and ideas to create a book. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? What 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 goes on, and when you're when you're thinking about a book, and how does it come to fruition? Well, yeah, yeah, no, it's um, uh, the one thing I do know is uh, sometimes it is almost like a snap of the finger, in that a whole story is given to you, uh, an idea is hatched, um, and sometimes stories come together over a lifetime, and. Um, each of my books has come to me in different ways and has been inspired by different things. And uh, while the idea might come in an instant, that's, that's where the work begins and the hard work begins, is fleshing that out, is bringing... Because art is simply getting others to see what you've seen, and it's creatively packaging it in a way that people get it. And that's the joy of any artist is being able to communicate that and take this story, this, this story that's been given to you, and being able to give it to others in a way that, um, that they've, they've never seen this before. They, or, or they see something afresh or uh, they see beauty that they've never seen or the, a thought uh, that they need, to, they need to have to consider in their life. And so, I, I mean, that's uh, – but the ideas come and – different ways, like the, the flower man, the one you'd mentioned, um, that was inspired mm-hmm. by my grandpa. My grandpa really? used to say to me, he'd say, Mark, everyone's got a story. You just got to find out what it is. I romanticize his voice <laughs> just a bit, but that's... <laughs> I love it. He, very uh, dramatic. 
Yeah, but basically in this boy, he's this man who comes to this town in the dead of night, buys this old shack that sits on the corner of this depressed city street. He buys it, he fixes it up, and everything he touches turns to color. He plants a little garden, gives away a single little flower to a little girl, and before you know it, this whole street bursts with color. But the beauty in it, uh, just as in life, is in those details. See, every single window, every character on the street has a different story to tell. So every time you flip through the book, you can look into another window. There's over 60 different stories woven through the very fabric of this book, and there's no words. So the story you get from it will be your own. It's not given to you. And uh, much like conviction, it's born from your own uh, struggle, your your own journey. And uh, and so that's that's sort of, I don't know if that answers that question. Uh, oh, absolutely. Answered, and but. you know what? And I love that you, you had, some, like your grandpa, that inspired that, the people that have influenced your life and impacted your own story. And then you're able to take and, like you said, illustrate that through art and show that. And this book, I, I just so highly recommend people getting this book because it is. It's one of those things you see. I showed it to Patty, and she, she immediately saw a window and commented on something that I hadn't even seen. And I love that when, when books or when people put out things that there's not an obvious answer, but you have yeah. to come to, kind of to your own conclusion. And I think yeah. how much the life is that about that. It's like, what do you see? Because we all see different things, depending on our lens. Yeah, well, and to be able to walk through with about kids that, with that um, bookmark right. is that I just realized when I say bookmark, that's like a bookmark. So I, I said a funny, but um, anyway. Bookmark, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what is so powerful is that at any age, um, you know, my, my little one was looking through the book, and they can see a story, and I was able to use that to explain that no matter how old you are, you you are powerful in what you bring into the room, and you set the tone. You know, I have a 16-year-old son, and he doesn't get it when he comes to the table and slouches over and doesn't talk. And just even explaining that, you are a part of setting the tone even for, for dinner, Versus yeah. when you come in and you're happy and you're talking and you're laughing. And, and it's so neat that that book represents that. So they can see that even without words, your, your body language, everything sets the whole tone for the room. And um, to know how powerful that is even as a younger child. I think a good book should be enjoyed by all ages. And uh, it's like Pixar has done that brilliantly. Yeah, you know, they when they create a movie or something. I mean, it's the, the it, it's reaching every single person, and a good book should be that same way. And, um, and it's it's fun to be able to see kids participate uh, and being able to because it, it what pictures do. If a picture is worth a thousand words, you're talking about a thirty-two thousand word book right there. Well, actually, sixty thousand if all wow. of the stories within it. Um, in other words, it's a lot more. Um, Children's books can be very unassuming, and uh, I mean they they really can sideswipe you in a beautiful way. And yes. I, I remember Madeline Leangle. Remember Wrinkle in Time? Uh, remember that book? I don't. <laughs> you know, oh, brilliant book! Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I mean, it was a juvenile reader. I, I mean, she won the Newbery. <laughs> it's it's a great book. But uh, she said, "I write for children because they like mm. the boat to be rocked." Ah, uh. and. Um, I, I write, I, I love that, I, and I love doing children's books. I love it, speaking and dealing with adults as much, but uh, the idea of creating a children's book, it, it's, it's an inroads into families and into lives and into a special time together between uh, parent and child and uh, something that it should be as meaningful for both. 
uh, and there should be something to be gleaned by both in a good mm-hmm. book. Um, Mark, what what was the time frame from when you started? You say you loved to doodle. Was that was that book started just by you kind of doodling and thinking of your your grandfather, and then it it you started illustrating and. What was the time frame of from the beginning to the end of that book? Uh, that book actually came over a number of years. In fact, I have a picture, a watercolor picture from 2001 of this man in a sort of this uh, patchwork uh, coat with a little bird on his finger in the cold winter. And uh, it's on his finger and he's looking at it. And uh, uh, I, I then have a picture above it of the actual picture of the flower man, which was 2005. The idea came in 2001 at a coffee shop, as I was just thinking about. Um, I just had this thought. I was thinking about, it was a combination of thoughts of like, uh, remember Rear Window? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window. Mm-hmm. Uh, I there's love no that. murder in this book, obviously, <laughs> but, there's, uh, but the influence of being able to look in, in, a, in a way where you're actually looking into all different lives at once and being able to have a tapestry of stories woven throughout uh, with a common theme brought and delivered simply by color. Uh, just was a, it was a simple thought that hit me, because I love the idea of, of carrying details into my books. In fact, you guys know about squeakers. Did you, did you know about squeakers? The little mouse. The little mouse. Yeah, the little mouse hidden on uh-huh. every single picture. And the flower man yes. is master level of all my books of finding that darn mouse. So. Good luck there, but it, it's in those details. Like where's Waldo thing? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I love things like that. But since you want a challenge, it's always the challenge. Okay, where's little squeakers here? We <laughs> <laughs> adults it makes, get well, into squeakers even more than the kids. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. can I have a question? Because we have like two minutes left, and I'm gonna let Patty Jackson see you want to. You have a question on on, on your lip. <laughs> I have a question on my lip. Um, I, I'm just curious, have you ever been able to be in a room where people are reading that book and hear their version of the stories? Believe it or not, I have. I, uh, I found that one of the more rewarding things that I've ever experienced, actually. I, and believe it or not, the last time I did it was a group of, I was invited to this, it was like a breakfast of pastors uh, and people uh, from all over Denver. And um, they, the guy was leading through it saying, uh, he went and took them through once through the book, and then uh, he said, what do you see? And then he says, go through it again, take a little more time, and pick a character and tell that story. And to hear these uh, grown people share uh, what they experienced and the stories they came forth with were was staggering to me, things I had even forgot myself that I'd even had in there. Um, it was a very rich, it's always a rich experience to hear yeah. the different stories. Exactly. Well, Mark, we only have a few seconds till we take the break, but I, I, you're just thinking so many things about what we see. There's that saying, it's not what you look at, it's what you see. And it's like we're just talking about in the stories and in this book and in so many of your, you know, the illustrations and reading, we all see so many different things and just as in life and applying to our own life. And so um, it, it's just always fascinating. We want to talk to you more just about how you've developed your talent and your writing and, and just keeping your passion fresh and alive because... So many times we can hit a plateau uh, when we have a great idea, but how do you push beyond that? So we want to talk to you a little bit more about that when we come back. So we'll be talking with Martin Moody. You've got to stay with us and hear more of his story. We'll be right back.
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. Are you going through a crisis? Do you have a tough question you want an answer to? This is your show. It's Brilliant Essence with Astrid Stromberg. Monday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Brilliant Essence speaks to the empowerment of women to find their highest power. Your host, Astrid Stromberg, channels answers to the toughest questions women ask of themselves. Issues ranging from divorce to gifted children to am I safe to fly to where's my soulmate, your life's mission, your lucky streak, and your highest self all come to life with Brilliant Essence. Astrid specializes in spirit communication and spirit life empowerment. She is the founder of Brilliant Essence and contributor to the book Living Our Soul Map. Unleashing the Warrior Goddess Within. For more information on Astrid and Brilliant Essence, go to BrilliantEssence.com. Giving you the power to be. It's Brilliant Essence with Astrid Stromberg. Monday afternoons at 6, 5 Central, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Get a jump on what your preschool kids need to know with Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten from Stacy Cannonberg. A mom told me this is the book I've been looking for. This book gives me all the information I need about what my kids need to know. And a private school admissions director said this is exactly what we test on. Google it, get it, and get ahead. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten. Applauded and approved by parents and educators. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten is a state-approved teaching tool. On sale now, in stores, or online at cedarvalleypublishing.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Okay, we have been talking with Mark Ludy, and he is an author of, of many books as well as a cafe uh, coffee owner. And Mark, this has just been so neat to hear your story, especially um, on your, your book that it's a story without any words. But um, for so many listeners, we get caught up in this. How do we go out and do the remarkable? What, what are those first steps that can um, just, you know, help me get started on something? So we'd like to know where, where did your remarkable start? And I know that's a really deep question because we know that it's through experience and everything else, but at what point did you decide to, to start writing books that can really have an impact for others? Uh, yeah, and, and if there's a little hiccup in this, uh, my someone's calling in. I'm not going to pick it up. They're so rude. I can't believe people <laughs> call in while you're on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to stop it either, but uh, I'm terrible with phones. But um, <laughs> you know, I, um, how I got uh, started was um, I um, – when I was younger, I, like I said, I had a doodling obsession, but I really struggled in school. And I really struggled uh, as I got, I remember around 18, trying to discover who I was. And um, my brother was the smart one. My sister, I remember being the spiritual one. You know, it, in other words, I had labeled them. And, I, and it seemed to come up so, so short and so shallow uh, to be the funny one. You know, I, I just, I wanted there to be meaning in my life. And uh, it was during this 18-year-old's um, time frame that my life radically changed. Um, I started evaluating uh, faith. I started, uh, instead of just what I'd grown up in, uh, to really question things for myself. 
and uh, why do I believe what I believe, and how real is this, and what is, what is life to be about? And I remember in, in that quest at the same time trying to figure out what, what I should do. I pictured I wasn't going to be an artist. I, could already, I already wrote that off because all I could picture was a starving artist. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Sunken yeah. cheeks, fetal position in a barren room, maybe <laughs> lopping off your ear like Van Gogh. You know, that wasn't for me. And that was where You have to be I, careful what you say you'll never do. Yeah. And yeah. I, I really started questioning, and um, it, was a, it was a guy... Uh, it was actually a children's book that led me to this. It was it's called uh, Benjamin West and His Cat Grimalkin. I don't even remember the book now, but I remember <laughs> how it led me to learn more about this uh, this guy who it was it was against their religion. I think it was Quaker or Puritan or something to to create art because it was seen as a graven image. And wow. this little boy was caught by his mother. He befriended this Indian who had done mixed all these paints, and she caught him drawing a picture of his sleeping sister, and. Uh, and she looked at it, and it looked just like the sleeping sister. And she was so amazed. She protected it from Dad. And Dad found out, and he said, surely this is a gift from God. And encouraged in the rotunda of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., all that art is Benjamin West. And he saw himself as a visual sermonizer. I'll never forget hearing him say that. And I realized in that that my quest of trying to figure out who I was, I felt like here I am this very multi-dimensional person, multi-faceted. And it's much of the, your listeners here. I mean, it's, it's the kind of thing we feel like we need to choose. Like, remember in high school, what direction are you going to do for the rest of your life? Yeah. And mm-hmm. you feel mm-hmm. like you need to pick one thing. And the reality is, is we're so unique, all of us, in how we see life and our giftings, our talents. A lot of us are hybrids of a lot of different things that mm-hmm. seem very contradictory to each other. You got to pick one, and it was it was in that time that I realized I was a communicator. I felt like that was my call. I was to be a communicator, and what best served the message was the question. Then, and that opened up a world of possibilities. It was speaking, writing, drawing, uh, you know, business, whatever it might be. Uh, that I could be who I was meant to be in all my uh, quirkiness and craziness, and. Um, and so it was what led me to really uh, start on the path of, of saying, you know what, a great means of communicating with this world is through my art, my, my drawing, my writing. And, uh, and so that's, that's sort of where things begin for me through the encouragement of my parents and uh, just daring to step out and daring to say, you know what, it matters that much that I go down this road. It matters that much you know that I don't stop at, ah, that's good enough, but press on to what is my best today. And that's, that's sort of where things progress from. Oh, and you know, that's such a great story because I think there's so many people, we, we uh, invalidate some of the things that we love to do. We write it off as very insignificant. Mm-hmm. Even when you're saying I was quirky and I love to have fun. But Patty, that is such our MO is really finding um, the silliness to life and the fun and bringing that out. And that is very significant because so many times if you let somebody laugh and you just laugh together, it is such a relief. And it, it allows um, a kind of a safe zone to happen where then significant conversations can emerge as a result of that. Yes. And so sometimes I think we devalue, like you said, we go, ah, or we go, anybody can do just that, what I do. And mm-hmm. we, we write it off, or I have to, we have this some kind of measuring device. It's like, when I do this, then I success. Instead of going, this is who I'm wired to be, this is how, I, like you said, I love to communicate. 
would communicate to these different venues. And then once you embrace that, it wasn't just so much freedom when you discovered that. And did you feel like being in that sweet spot, you could just take off, kind of, then there was no whole part. You know, it, it, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, there, there was freedom to be able to say, you know what, Mark, you, you don't need to try and be something you're not. You're never going to be your sister. You're never going to be your brother. You're you. And who are you meant to be? And that, that has been a journey, obviously. I mean, that's something that uh, there's some things that you get in an instant. There's some things that uh, is a journey that take a little longer than other things. But there was freedom that came in that time in a big way for me to be able to realize that I didn't need to try and be something I wasn't. Uh, I, was, I was meant to be me. And, but then when I used my giftings, what was it for? Was it to build my little kingdom? Or was it to lead people to, uh, to an understanding themselves of what really mattered in life? Uh, you know, to be able to uh, experience for themselves. You know, in other words, what do you do? It's like humor. Humor opens up an avenue into people's hearts and lives. What are you then going to give them? What are you feeding them? What are they going to be lifted towards? What are they going to, you know? And I saw as a grave responsibility when I was given an audience, be it through a book, through a picture, through me speaking, what do I give? And what am I going to lead people to? And and so that's really been for me uh, when I talk about early on in, with my life with, with wrestling through my own faith of what I discovered. Um, you know, the last thing I want to do is I, I want to lead people to question for themselves and to ask the dangerous questions, to really evaluate what matters in light of eternity and uh, who are you living for, why. And uh, that's, that's just been sort of uh, sort of sort of infiltrated everything that I do, it seems, because that's, that's just what I, that, that's what matters to me. And, you know, that's really, in- go ahead. Oh, well, that just goes back to um, how we were starting out at the beginning with having that outline to your story and really, yeah. you know, following that. I mean, obviously you can go off on, on different little, you know, tangents here and there. But I, I love your, your outline, Mark, because if, if everything is those questions, you know who you are, you know where you're gifted, you know that you're a communicator, you know you're trying to do what you can do best for today, yeah. and you're, you're building it not for your own kingdom, but to really have people ask the questions. If you have that foundation, then everything you do during the day will meet that outline. And yeah, that's well- what so many times we don't come up with that outline. We don't know, we might yeah. know our gifts, but we, we don't know how to use them in a way that all funnels into that one vision. And it all matters about, you might have all the giftings. You might, once you come to, that's a, that's a key place to come to is realizing, you know what, I am unique, I am different, I have something to give. But then the second, the first thing you always have to ask is, where am I going? Where am I going? Because if you don't know where you're going, where are you going to end up? And yeah. the thing is, most people just start into products. Say a book, and they just say, ah, there once was a dog named ah, yeah. Ralph. No, 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 no. You know, and you get caught up in the yeah. spelling, the punctuation, naming that character the perfect name, and you do not get anywhere yeah. because you don't know where you're really going. And so the, the first thing in creating any book is you, you say, where am I taking my reader? What are they going to get at the end of this? What, am I, what are they going to take away? What will they remember? What will they talk about? And the editing process is saying, if this – takes away from where I'm ultimately taking them. If, if the story could do without this, then get rid of it. I don't care how precious you like it. It's your baby. You know, you love it. You, you create it. Get rid of it. Yeah. What matters is where are you taking people? And it, the truth is, at the end of the, 
book. Those are that. That's what you have to think about. And the truth is, your life is just like that. One day, the book, will, the last page will be read. What did you give them? What will they? What will people take away? What will they remember? What will they talk about? And it all comes down to where were you going? And uh, mm-hmm. most people do not ask that. Most businesses fail because they do not have that question answered. Yeah. They jumped into something because they thought, you know, this will be fun. And mm-hmm. well, <laughs> and they <laughs> they soon realize, okay, this this is a mess. And yeah. most people are in that mess because, and, and they don't realize that, you know, there's hope for tomorrow here. There's hope, irregardless of what age you are, if you then take the time to ask those questions and really work through uh, that process. Exactly. Mark, we only have two minutes left to just kind of summarize. You've just said so much in such a short amount of time, for, and I hope people just kind of listen and re-listen to this, to this podcast here, the show. Because there's so many significant things that we can walk away with. And even your own story and, the, and passion and finding your sweet spot and knowing where you're going. And, I, and that is such a key thing because you can change your storyline. If, you, if, if, if we find ourselves in a, in a place where we go, how did I get here? Why am I here? And I don't want to stay here very long. We can, like you said, there is always hope. We can rewrite our own story narrative. But we have to know where we want to go. And, and what's it going to take to get there? I know that people can find you, Mark, on, on your website at markludy.com, and you're also on our uh, girlfriendit.com. They can click there and go right into your website and find you and talk with you more. And I, I just encourage everyone to pick up these books. I know you have, your, have another book coming out shortly, and you're just, it's ongoing. And love that you have your sweet spot. And you found that, and you're giving back to so many people and making a difference. And just, you have about a minute. What do you want to leave our listeners with in one minute? Something you want to address, you know, how do you keep No pressure there, Mark. Give them everything you can ever give I do, I, I mean, here, here's my heartbeat. I mean, I love to see people encouraged. I love to see people challenged. I love to see people get it. You know, there's, there's all of those aspects that... Uh, you love to see in people. And, and the reality is everybody's at a different place in their journey. And um, the reality is every day is precious. And um, I, I honestly have been waking up almost every single day for almost two years, and I have been thinking today might be my last day. And so that's where I would encourage people is to realize and live as though this was your last day because it could be. So make it count. And uh, Thank you, live for what matters. We'll be back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. 
and two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, fairytalewishesinc.com. And for Deanna, thenextbigzing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. Celebrate Green is coming to Toginet, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th. The mother-daughter team of Lynn and Corey will have you going green and loving it in no time at all. As heard on Martha Stewart and Disney Radio and seen blogging for HGTV, Lynn Colwell and Corey Colwell-Lipsum are unapologetic evangelists for greening every aspect of life, especially holidays and celebrations. Based on their book, Celebrate Green, they're putting the meaning in the greening with their simple, fun, eco-friendly, affordable ideas. From their start with green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday, you'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online, too, at CelebrateGreen.net and GreenHalloween.org for more information, the newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to Celebrate Green, the radio show with Lynn and Corey, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Okay, we are so excited. We have Kathy Lynn Grossman. She's a journalist for USA Today. And Kathy, it is such an honor to have you on the show with us today because we love talking with people who do the remarkable and um, obviously, your job is a very coveted position where a lot of people would love to be able to just write and communicate and have thousands and thousands of, of readers out there. So welcome, Kathy. Thank you. Um, we just want to have you tell us a little bit about how you got interested in becoming a journalist and how you got into USA Today. When I was 16, I went to the nation's first magnet school, I'm that old, um, and we had closed-circuit television, and I was the host of our Monday morning show, and I wanted to go to a summer university program at Northwestern. They had one for television, and they had one for print journalism, and one of the other TV people talked me into going for the print position so he could go for the TV one, and we both went, and it changed my life. I got up there and discovered I had not done reporting and writing before in journalism format. I'd done, you know, creative writing poetry like most 13-year-olds and 14, 15-year-olds do. Um, and I discovered journalism. And despite the fact that the counselors, when I was 16, said, good, you're young enough to find something else to do because you're really terrible, um, <laughs> they couldn't discourage me. And I went back to Northwestern for my degree and worked my way through doing summer internships at newspapers from um, – to Miami and went to the Miami Herald when I graduated. Loved it. Did about 12 different jobs there. I covered city government. I covered the 1973 Arab-Israeli War. I covered um, major statewide surveys on issues. And I discovered that I liked writing about people's visions and values, 
how you shape your life. What is it that helps you decide how you feel about things, whether it's love or justice or marriage or politics? Is it based on your faith or your philosophy? Did you learn it from your parents? Did you learn it from your friends? And I started doing stories that tied to that. And when I came to USA Today, I didn't cover it. I wrote travel for seven years. But I discovered that um, we weren't covering religion and that stories about the inner journey were more fun for me than the outer journey. So I gave up Paris to cover religion. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> not really. I didn't really give up Paris. I gave up a lot of really cool trips, though, because yeah. covering, writing about leisure travel for USA Today, you can imagine, it's a lot of fun. But mm-hmm. I find talking to people about what matters most in their life is even more fun. Okay, it's that really is... that you're kind of like an investigator. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Not getting into people's stories and, and finding out what makes them really, really tick, and that, that, is, that is fun. That it is, is fun. interesting, Kathy. I love um, how you said I, I found it more intriguing to write about the inner story rather than the outer story, and I also love the fact that you knew at such a young age what your purpose was. That, that is phenomenal. So how long have you been with USA Today altogether? And we won't do the math to figure out how old you are. Well, I'll tell you how old I am. I'm 61, and I've been here 20 years, which is a big surprise to me, I can tell you. Wow. Um, um, I did 17 years as the Miami Herald, and then I came here for what I was uh, 20 so far. Let's hope it keeps going. Wow, that is amazing. So you have seen so many changes um, in just in journalism, and it, it has to be very weird then having to keep up with all the high technology as well. It is a fascinating challenge. About 18 months ago, um, our technology and Internet experts came to me, and I had been doing a little what I called a cheater's blog, a once-a-week question on ethics and spirituality, and I asked readers to respond to. And I was doing it in our social networking software. It wasn't an official blog. Um, and they asked me if I would like to pioneer a particular new format of blog for USA Today, uh, the communities that we have, that's what we call our blogs, because we encourage people to view it as a community of interest and be loyal readers. And so I did. I started the Faith in Addition to the Religion Beat, which I still have. I now have the Faith and Reason blog. And that has been a big adventure. I've had to learn a great deal technologically. And it's kind of exciting and empowering once you learn it. Before you've learned it, mm-hmm. it's like terrifying. But yeah. um, once you've learned it, you think, wow, why wasn't I born knowing that? This is so cool. <laughs> and then you can reach you know, many, many more people. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it's interesting because as a journalist, I know even with Lisa and I doing radio, um, it, gone are the days where, um, at, le- at least for us, that you have all these other journalists that do the research. It's like now that we've become so high tech, you're kind of having to do the, the the research and produce it, and you know move forward. It, it it's taken out a lot of the individuals in it, which is good on one hand, but then it it becomes a little bit more work. You have to really learn how to work efficiently. Have you have you found that? Well, yes, of course, you do have to be more efficient. I desperately miss the researchers that we used to have because, of course, all the publications, some of the people that have gone, they say, you know, you can do your own research. And, yes, you can, but you can't do as many stories when you're doing the work that you used to have help for. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I've acquired new skills, but on the other hand, I miss those colleagues because they could do it better and faster than I could. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. 
It makes you so relevant. You know, I, I think we've all said that where it's like, I'm not going to turn into my mom or dad where they, you know, I, I, I still remember my mom going from the, the, to the cordless phone and couldn't figure out how to push the talk <laughs> button. And, um, you know, now it's just, Every single phone you pick up, it seems like, you know, it has a different talk or send, you know, push the green. It, you have to figure it out. And we just have to learn um, to be more high tech. And like you said, I love it, you know, that it is, it is more exciting rather than seeing it as, okay, this is, this is horrific. <laughs> well, what, what has happened now, because you could put a comment on a story, you could put a comment on a blog post, it's in a way a return to community journalism. I spent, remember, the first half of my career um, working in community journalism for a regional paper where, you know, you ran into people who you knew, who you'd written about. I ran, I used to run into people who knew my parents. Um, and it was, and you got the feedback very directly, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, you heard back from people, and you heard about their ideas and their views. Now, with the blog in particular, um, I hear from all kinds of people and all kinds of views. Now, some of them, I the reason we have abuse, we have uh, an abuse button on there is some of these people I would like to hear from again. But yes. uh, by and large, it's fascinating. And I have a whole group of people that I probably know not by their real name, but by the name that they've used for the USA Today logon that they've chosen mm-hmm. for themselves. But you know, I look for their posts. I think I'm interested in what they have to say. They've given me ideas. It's a sense of connection. But even yes. better, they've connected with each other through the blog. Yeah. So that, mm-hmm. you know, they're off on the private messaging discussing their vacation and their pets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and this is cool. I think it's really powerful because instead of us just reading the newspaper and doing that individually in your own homes, you do have access to be a part of the community. And, you know, then to blog your emotions from an article that you read and have other people put their input, um, I think it, it, it's exciting to, to have that. Well, and I, I know it, it grows you as an individual. I know when we hear from listeners and they respond, it, it helps you to know if you're, if you're hitting the mark or if you're way off and you can just, that, like you said, it, it brings in that community and makes it smaller. I will say, though, don't give up on those newspapers that you used to read at home because um, they're still supporting all of us. Um, but it's also, there is something very special about having a newspaper, actual piece of paper, whether it's USA Today or your regional paper in front of you. Because what happens is you not only find the news you went to get, what happened at the city council meeting, what happened on the sports team, you find the stories you didn't know you were looking for. And if you're just mm-hmm. online, you go directly, to, you get your stock quote, and you get your sports score, and you get your recipe, and then you keep going. And you don't realize, right. hey, if I had just been browsing, I never knew I wanted to read about this wrestler, or I never knew I right. wanted to read about this soccer player. And it's that's that a really good thing. I love the smell of the printed word. Lisa laughs, me, laughs at me because if I go to the library, <laughs> I stick my nose in a book. But, um, oh, absolutely. Even that, the texture and holding it, I know that's weird, but that's, it's it's still significant to me. <laughs> no, I feel I feel weird if I don't have paper to hold on to in the morning. It's like I can't yeah. swallow my coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes back to that tradition. It's just a tradition. You have your paper, and there's something about having that tangible piece of paper, like you said. And that's a good point when you said because when you, we're only so focused on a certain thing when we're browsing that when you have the paper, you're just it's all in front of you, and yeah. your eye kind of goes and go, oh, 
I didn't realize that. And so there is something to be said for that. But here's my question to whichever of you, I'm sorry, I've forgotten which one has the 14-year-old. And that is, do you think your newspaper reading experiences will translate to the next generation? It's, it's a challenge. Yeah, thought, you know, and that's you know, a great question because, I, no, I don't, I don't see it. They're so on their telephones and on the computer that um, they, they, I have all of them are readers. They love books, and they haven't asked for a Kindle yet, but um, I don't see the newspaper. They, well, they don't see them taking a look me. at that. And I don't really even see them in their schoolwork, in their classes. You know how we used to always find headlines and have to do a lot more research through the newspaper, and um, it's sad because, yeah, the teachers aren't having them do that either. However, that doesn't mean that they're not consuming news. The question is whether, even if they're consuming it online, let's say that for discussion's sake that they are because the world has moved forward and eventually we'll all be just reading it online anyway in, in the years to come. That's where the... That's where the movement is going. Yeah. But more important to me is, are they consuming actual news? Because I see so many interviews with young people who say, well, you know, if it's important, someone will tell me about it. Yeah. Um, they don't grasp their own, wh- how they can be enlightened and empowered by actually reading news. They think that news is a collection of opinions. They'll read Slate, Huffington Post, and hopefully my blog, too, because, I mean, it is a blog. It's not straight-up news story, like I do for the religion pages, or the news pages, but they don't actually go out and consume straight-up, straight-ahead, objective reporting to any significant degree. And I think that it's going to bite us as citizens that they're not informed. How are they going to vote when they know nothing about the issues or the people that are running? I agree, and I I do not like having to close on on that note, but it does give us a lot to think about, and we just have to end today, and Kathy, we're going to have to have you back on the show because this is really an interesting um, thought that we're heading down. But uh, we just have to ask our listeners out there, what is your best that you can do today to make your story better? And we will look forward to having you on next week. Thank you all. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show designed.